Welcome to another episode of the Event Buzz podcast presented by Purple Pass. Today's guest has been a highly rated keynote speaker at conferences and corporate training events for 20 years. His topics include why public speaking is a superpower, the secrets for embracing change, and why better communication means better leadership. Mark Grimm, our special guest for the day, also served for 10 years on the conference planning committee for the regional chapter of the Association for Talent Development. The committee was responsible for arranging every aspect of its annual conference. We definitely have a lot to talk about today, from planning conferences to finding keynote speakers. So let's get started. Hey, Mark, how are you doing today? Oh, very good. It's great to be here. Thanks. Yes. Um, Let's start with having you just briefly introduce yourself to the listeners um, and a little bit about your background and how you kind of got got started in the event and speaking space. Well, I'm a professional speaker and speaking coach, and I've been doing presentations uh, for for 20 years uh, now. And uh, I've dealt with a lot of events, obviously. And I also I worked uh, on the conference planning committee for the Association for Talent Development, which is a a training uh, trade group. And so I I come at it from both sides, uh, both as uh, someone who appears at events and also someone who has planned events. So that's why uh, I thought it would be exciting to be able to speak to some event planners today uh, as with the perspective of coming from both sides of the equation. Uh, I was a TV anchorman for 12 years in uh, several markets, including Denver and Portland. And I was a radio interview host for 14 years, uh, doing a, a show here in the Albany, New York market. And I also was uh, an adjunct uh, media and communications professor at a couple of colleges for 11 years. And I'm also elected official. I'm a county legislator wow, busy. as well. <laughs> so I've, I've had an interest, kind of a very interest in a lot of different things. And uh, uh, and that's what's so fascinating about the events, because every event is different and every audience is different. And part yeah. of what we'll talk about today is uh, delivering value to the audience. Most people, they, when they have to speak, they say, what am I going to wear? What am I going to say? And those are the wrong questions. The questions are, who's my audience? And, I can, and how can I help them that day? Yes, and has a lot more on what I do. Yes, and I will be linking all that information when I share this as well so people can easily find your resources because there was a lot on there. Back to your background, I'm just curious, what did you like better, TV or radio? Uh, I love them both. You know, I just love them both. They both have uh, uh, interesting characteristics. Radio, mm-hmm. you really have to understand the, the power of the voice and words. Uh, and then, uh, and it's exciting. It's, it leads something to your imagination, but mm-hmm. TV, you're able to show visuals, you know, the idea of pictures worth a, a thousand words, uh, images can be very, very powerful. If you match your storytelling to your images mm-hmm. and that's, that's really what, uh, being, being good broadcasting is about and, and, and podcast and, and, and speaking, it's understanding, uh, that you're telling a story. It's not a collection of data. It's a story. And the story is, this is how I'm going to interest my audience that day. And that's the way every uh, media engagement should be. Is, well, who's my audience? How can, how can I entertain them or interest them or give them value that's going to make their life better? But yeah. both, I, I really love doing both. And I still, I've done a lot of, I do a lot of media appearances. People interview me as, you mm-hmm. know, old experts. So, and I've done a lot of radio and TV, hundreds of appearances on TV and radio. Yeah, I got to tell you, public speaking or even what we're doing now um, is is hard. I am not the best at it and it comes with practice. But I remember when I first started doing this 
And I've improved, but I'm still working on it is I would listen back and I caught myself being like, um, and like, and it's really hard. You have to really focus on what you're saying while also, you know, focusing on who you're talking to and stuff like that. So I give props to everyone that can stand up and be a public speaker or a presenter at these events and do it flawlessly in my no, eyes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's interesting because uh, I hear, I hear what you say up here. I hear a lot, of course, I do a lot of one-on-one coaching. That's another thing I, I don't know if I mentioned. Uh, but I started, uh, I ran for student senate in college. And when it was, my, I was sweating like a dog. I had a, you know, <laughs> we had a public forum, you know, candidates night kind of thing. And uh, my hands were so sweating. It was like uh, a great lake in my hands. <laughs> so I hid in the men's room five minutes before it was my turn to speak because I was so nervous I didn't go out mm-hmm. and I remember sitting in there hiding in the men's room saying am I going to live the rest of my life this way <laughs> missing opportunities now it seems silly to be this concerned yeah. looking back about a student center race but it wasn't so silly then <laughs> no it's scary so it is scary and I said I'm not going to live my life that way as, as, fr- as scary as public speaking is it's worse to spend a lifetime with missed opportunity yeah because the way to gain opportunity is to speak up and the way to move people is to speak up. And the way to help people is to speak up. So I started a path one step at a time at becoming a better speaker. And I, and I wrote a book on it. Every, uh, it's uh, um, how to be a dynamic speaker. Everyone can be a dynamic speaker. Yes, I mean you. <laughs> and the reason I say this, most people think they, they can't be that dynamic speaker. That You know, Mark can do it because he's a communication mm-hmm. guy. I've spent my whole life in communications. But believe me, I started out with the same fears that everyone has. And there's a way of beating. It's not worrying. A lot of coaches will say, oh, you said all oh, seven times or you, you did these stylistic points are not really the key. The key is understanding that you're in there to help people. So find out what your audience needs and figure that out ahead of time and then deliver that value. And if you do, it's amazing how much dy- how dynamic you can become. Yeah, definitely send me um, any links to your books where people can purchase it. I might be a customer because I definitely need to work on my public speaking skills as well as it's just such a powerful tool to have that knowledge and be able to share it. And like you said, help people and present it in a way where they connect with you. So yeah. yeah, Add one point to that. One client called me up one day and he said, Mark, I can't believe how much you've helped me. Mm -hmm. Public speaking is a superpower. And uh, I never forgot that statement because now I, I do, uh, you know, blogs and stuff and, and uh, topics. I, now I, when I do a public, a public speaking thing, I say, why public speaking is a superpower? And it really is. I, it can change your life. It changed my life. And mm-hmm. it can change everyone's lives. And the beauty is, it's not one of these, I wanted to be the shortstop for the Yankees when I was a kid. But I can't hit a 95-mile-an-hour pitch that breaks at the last minute. And I'm never going to be able to do that. But public speakers... You don't have to be six, seven, and 240 pounds or run the 109.2. It's open to everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone can do it. You just have to believe you can do it. And you have to, and they have to have the right coaching. But because I get better every time I speak, because I'm always asking for feedback too. Yeah. And, um, you know, because so, most people, they lie when <laughs> we've all been in speeches and the, someone speaks and they ask you how you did it after you says, oh, you were fine. <laughs> you say that, you know, they were terrible. Yeah. So people, we lie more than anything else. We lie about public speaking to people because we don't want to hurt their feelings. Yeah. But that doesn't make them any better. I've sat the CEO speaking to a group of 300 people at a dinner and I'm there with the communications director for the company. We're rolling our eyes. <laughs> But when the boss says, how did I do? She said, oh, oh you're great. a great boss. <laughs> I've never seen a subordinate tell the boss, you're terrible. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, I have a sheet whenever I speak and it says rate me zero to four. I get an actual number of what they thought of me. And I'd like to say, what one takeaway did you get today that's going to make your career better or your life better? And if I get vague answers to that question, I wasn't that good. You know, and they say, oh, no, Mark, I heard you, you told me this. I'm going to do this tomorrow because it's going to help me. And that's all it's about is helping people. Mm-hmm. And that's what we hope to do today is to help our audience gain some insight that's going to make them a better event planner or, or, or better in their personal dealings. So do you think for uh, any speakers listening for public speaking and improving it? I know there's a lot you could do, but for, um, I mean, advice. Wow, I sound great. <laughs> um, I know there's a lot you could do, but would you say practice, feedback, and probably coaching would be the most helpful for Yeah, I, what I try to do is, because uh, a lot of people say, oh, you know, you see a red tie or a blue tie or a red blouse. or that's, That stuff's a bunch of baloney. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, you have to take a new approach to speaking and say, um, it's not about me. It's about the audience. And don't be so f- afraid of fear, you know, of fears. One of the ways I deal with fears, and I did this myself. I did this myself. I wrote down on paper what my fear was. And that crystallizes the fear, which a- any kind of fear, if you're able to crystallize it, you're able to deal with it more. So, and I know what the common fears are. Oh, I'm going to freeze in the middle of the speech. Okay. Uh, have a talking points outline right there at the table or at your podium. So when you lose your place, you go right to the next point. That's what I do. I've been doing that for since I've started speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or you think someone will ask you a question, you won't know the answer. I know these are common fears because I hear from my clients all the time. Well, don't feel like you have to know every answer. I, I'll often say, does anyone in the audience have an answer to that question? Because usually it's a trade group and somebody else you know, has that answer. And, uh, you know, so the great, they don't care that it didn't come from me. They, they know they got the answer from the audience. But if they don't, then I'll say, let me get your contact information and I'll get back to you within 24 hours with an answer. Mm-hmm. So no, nobody thinks less of me because I didn't happen to know everything. So you don't have the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes people, they got a speech coming up, they got to learn 50 things. And no, I'd be nervous if I had to learn 50 <laughs> things too. You don't. You yeah. have to say, what are the two, three, three big things I can give my audience today? I know, know them inside out. You don't really know your two or three topics inside out. That's on you. You didn't do your homework. Yeah. I think you have to know everything. Nobody expects that. And one of the big things people think, one of the biggest fears is they're going to uh, think less of you because you didn't perform that well. And the truth is people are pulling for you because they get nervous when they speak too. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, they also want to get something positive out of the presentation. Particularly when I do trainings that are a day long or two day trainings. They're there for a reason. They're missing work, but they want to learn something. So they want to get something positive. So it's in their interest that you do well. And that's so that's why that's how you should confront fears in the way I just outlined them. And if you do, you're a little more confident if you feel like you've got a plan in place for dealing with your fears, because that's what makes you nervous is that the fears are going to eat you up. Yeah, I, I feel like confidence is definitely one of the biggest points to public speaking. If if you don't have confidence going into it, I can definitely see how it would go downhill. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I know this because I was I did in the metro yeah. when I sort of speak, and I know where the com- and now I'm very confident because I, I do my homework and I know I'm going to help people that day. I yes. can't wait. I can't wait to speak because I know I'm going to help people that day. I'm not nervous about it. I'm 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 anxious 
that I get this opportunity to really deliver. And I'm going to ask him how I do at the end. So I'm going to get suggestions on how I, I, I can get even better the next time. Yeah. And that's the key with speaking is don't ever beat yourself up. Just learn from the experience if it doesn't go well and, and just get better the next time. And then uh, and then uh, get the, the kind of feedback you need that's going to make you better. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's what makes you confident, by the way. Yep. If you feel like you're better prepared, that people say, where did, how do you, how do, where do I catch confidence? Where do I buy confidence? I want this confidence store. <laughs> exactly. the, more, the better prepared you are, the more confident you become. And then the better you, the feedback is, the feedback grows and the constructive criticism is useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you become more confident. And that's where confidence lives. And it's a beautiful thing because once you get to the point where you have a superpower, you can change the world. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What do you think about virtual presentations? Uh, like if you were a speaker, do you think it's more challenging to give uh, or present to a virtual audience versus an in-person or the other way around? Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm not wild about virtual, but that's yeah. where it's going because virtual is good in this sense. You can reach a lot more people. You don't have to travel and people do more of it with Zoom and all the other you know, platforms. But the reality is the virtual as good as in-person, no. And it never will be because when I go to an event, uh, I, I like to get there early. And if I can, I like to get flesh, as we like to say, I like to shake hands with everybody in the room because I'm, make, I'm making that personal connection ahead of time and building a relationship mm-hmm. because that's what this is. A speech is a relationship between you and your audience. And I also get feedback. I'll ask him, hey, what, what, what would you like to get away? Or what would you like to come away with today? Or they'll tell me a story and I'll say, gee, that's really interesting. Can I use that in my speech? You know, if it's, you know, I always ask them for permission first. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the stories that your audience can tell tells is really powerful, particularly since you're in a group which, you know, there's similar interests. It's the same corporation or it's the, you know, it's all event planners or something like that. So I find that if you do it properly, there's also that inner, interpersonal dynamic when you're in the room and you're connecting with, with your audience. You cannot get that virtually. Um, so that's where I am there. I'm, I, I think there's a role for virtual, but if you can do it in person, I think it's a better thing to do it that way. I agree. I think the world is on the move and it's, yes, easier to see more speakers and events virtually 100%, but I feel in person, it just affects you differently. It has a greater impact in person. Yeah. Then follow up. You, you, people just come, come up to me afterwards and we can chat a little bit. Yes. And, uh, it's good. It's good for business too, because, you know, the, the, one of the best things for about speaking is that's how you get more speaking events. Mm-hmm. If they like you. So sometimes I'll have some interaction and I'll definitely have the chance to develop uh, more speaking engagements if I'm in person. Yes, exactly. Now, from the perspective of an event planner, yes, is there any advice you would give Say if I was an event planner looking for a keynote speaker or presenter, if they were going through like speaker applications or watching them, what 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 would you say to look for? First thing, and this is where it's interesting. As I said, I was on the planning committee, so I learned. It was, I'm so glad I did this because I learned so much about how to put together a conference or an event by being on the planning committee. And you know, because we had a, a team, you know, we had. There's so much. There's logistics. There's the building. There's the food. Uh, there's the speakers. You know, the security. There's, there's just, uh, it's really fascinating. The event planners. I just admire them so much because there's so much. Oh yeah. That they have to do. And if you, you know, I was uh, I worked as I was in TV news a long time. And I worked as an assignment manager one time because the, the the assignment manager there quit. He just got so frustrated with the news director. 
because he said, oh, why did you get that story? Why didn't you get that story? He got so mad, he said, he slammed on the table and said, that's it. I quit. And he just picked up his coat on the hook and walked out the door. So then the news director said, okay, Brim, you're the, you're the assignment editor. You know, you have to put all the assignments together. And I didn't like it. I did it for a week. And I realized if you, there's 10 stories and you get nine of them, they want to know why you missed the 10, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, so the event planner is the same thing. If one thing goes wrong, they're not talking about the nine you got right. You know, so it's really detail oriented. But I think when you're trying to get a good speaker, I think it's clear in your literature on the on the invite is make it clear what's in it for them. Now, it may be a good size fee, but a lot of them are low fees. Mm-hmm. It's really more about the opportunity from a speaker standpoint, get in front of people that you can do business with. But be very clear to them why this would be a good idea for you to speak at this conference, um, because there's a lot of conferences looking for speakers. So that's the first thing to do is make sure you know what you're offering. and then. When you're taking, be clear about what you want to send them because we got bombarded with information. And you know what? Most of these committees are volunteers. We don't want to go through all this junk. You know, so if you can create a platform where here are the here are the things we want to know about you. Can you put them in there? Here, why should we pick you in a box? Um, where where have you spoken before? Uh, give us links to video. Absolutely to expect video from the people who have speaking. It's crazy to pick somebody if they don't have any video. If they don't have any video, they're not that professional. That's the bottom line. Mm, okay. So you make sure you get a chance to check them out. Who, have, Where have they spoken before? You know, I have a huge list of, of places where I've spoken. And uh, those people they want, they can call them up and say, how, how was this guy? So and what are, do they have reviews, uh, testimonials? have a long list of reviews. So that's really what you should have in the application. And you don't want it, to, you know, six page application. You want one page and saying, okay, why in a nutshell should you think you should speak at this conference? Where's the tape that shows you really can get the job done? Where have you spoken before? And mm-hmm. what have people said about you? And uh, that's pretty much it. It's just making make it easier for you to be able to review the applications. Otherwise, you're going to miss somebody. And uh, that's key. Make it easier for you to, to have a thorough review and also make it appealing to people. So you, you get really good applicants because you want to expand the pool of applicants. So you have a really good choice. Yeah. And you said that you worked on the conference planning committee. Yep. Most conferences include multiple speakers and presenters. Yep. Do you, you have any advice to go with that as well for when it comes to speaker management and just making sure that it all goes off smoothly? Yeah, I think for event planner, and they know this, but this is really key. What's the purpose? What's the purpose of your event? What are you trying to accomplish? Um, you really have to have that a clear mind in your own idea. What do you, at the end of the conference, what do you want people to say? You know, and, and oh, by the way, always get feedback as an event planner. Make sure the people attend your event tell you what they think, because that will help craft craft the plan. But if you're having a bunch of speakers there, you want to say, okay, there's X, Y, and Z we really want to cover. We really want to deliver on X topics, X, Y, and Z. Well, make sure your speakers are really experts in X, Y, and Z, so you can have uh, a different uh, flair. But if you know a keynote speaker, usually it's the beginning uh, speaker or the ending speaker. You want to start with a bang or you want to send them home with a bang. Look for energy. Make sure somebody's energetic and passionate because, you know, that's how you want to start it. When they, That first opening uh, presentation, 
you want somebody who's going to jazz up the crowd. And as a speaker, I have one role, and that is to do everything I can to make that event a success for the event planner. That's the way I look at things. So um, I, I talk to them about, yeah, here's my topic. This is why it's interesting. This is what the value I'm going to deliver. But I'm going to bring a little pizzazz and a little entertainment and a little energy to the show. And that's what this is. It's a showtime. Mm-hmm. You know, so you really get it off on the right foot because the momentum that begins with a good keynote can really carry the day throughout the day or a couple of days, depending on how long the event is. Or even if it's a, you know, a dinner. I've, I've spoken at dinner. Um, you know, you want somebody who's going to say, that guy had some energy and passion, but also had us in mind. You really want to give us some value. And do you have any suggestions for events in ways they might be able to capitalize on their speaker or when it comes to marketing, do some collaborations with their speakers? Oh, absolutely. Part of my job is to promote the conference. If somebody hires me, um, uh, then I'm going to say, hey, uh, and I have thousands of people in my social media network. I'm going to tell them about my upcoming event. And uh, that can be, that doesn't cost the event planner anything. So everyone who's at the conference, by the way, even the attendees should be saying, hey, I'm going to a conference on uh, May 6th Mm -hmm. about X. Um, They should be putting that out there. So uh, it's amazing how much help you can get if you ask for it. So event planner, you should ask everyone involved with the event to help promote it. Uh, because they all have followings, particularly if you're a speaker. If you don't have any kind of following, you're probably not much of a speaker. So, uh, you know, we want the, the goal is to make the event a success. Everyone there want, has, a, has, a, has an interest in making the event a success. So part of that success is having people come. So ask the event planner should say, here, uh, would you please circulate the, this message um, uh, about the event and give them, give them some. Uh, help there with certain, you know, the mess. some people don't, don't know what to say. So, you know, create a message that says, this is why this event is worth attending and ask everyone involved to circulate that. And that can be really helpful because they can then ask them to share that information with all their people. And uh, particularly if it's a trade group and you know a number of people in, that, in, the, in the trade uh, business, that can be really helpful. And uh, mm-hmm. everybody wins when the event goes well. Everybody wins. Yes. And you mentioned you're talking about a speaker, not really a, being a speaker if they don't have a following. But I think about that there's so much competition in the world today. How how would one start to build that following if they're just getting into this? Oh, just starting. Yeah, I get that a lot of questions. That's a good question. Um, I think you, there's a lot of free events you can speak at. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, very, whenever <laughs> you're in a club and you ask somebody to speak, everybody hides under the table. Mm-hmm. So there's all every club you're like, you know, I'm, I'm I've been a soccer and lacrosse dad my whole life. So there all there's soccer clubs and lacrosse clubs, and you just you know you can be willing to speak up uh, at every opportunity because you have something valuable to say. And that's once people start to hear you speak, say, oh, you're pretty good. Uh, but you know, there's all there's a lot of uh, Club, like, you know, the Qantas and the Lions Club, there's all kinds of service organizations. They're always looking for somebody to speak. So to speakers, uh, you, you want to be a speaker because you think you have something to say. All right, so try to articulate what value you can give to an audience. And then you approach these different audiences. And so I think the key is just to be persistent by approaching audiences and also be focused on value. It's not about you. It's not what you care about. 
It's not what you think about as a speaker. It's about who is that audience and what is it about me that can deliver value to that audience? Because I had one guy come up after I spoke and he said, Mark, your advice is great, but I, I don't really need speaking coaching. I've always been able to just wing it. And I said, yeah, I've seen you speak. It looks like you're winging it. <laughs> and I was making the point is if you don't take the time to research your audience and care, learn what they care about, you can't be great. You can't do it. Mm -hmm. I, you just can't go to an audience and give the same old speech. I never give the same presentation twice. I want to know who my audience is. And that's why I, I was really kind of trying to organize my thoughts about event planners because I'm talk, we're talking to event planners today and you and I have the same goal. We want to help them. And that's uh, and that's what we hope to do today is help yeah. the people that are listening. And if I, I don't help them, then mm -hmm. I didn't very, do a very good job in the podcast. Well, I, you, I, you definitely help them. You're helping me right now, learning so much. Well, I love your energy. You're interested. You're a good host. Really? Okay. You're, 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 you're earnest, and you're, you know, you're genuine. And that, that, the first thing a speaker has to be is genuine. Okay. Mm -hmm. I've seen really slick speakers, you know, with seven hundred dollars suits, who just sort of think the world of themselves. It's funny the audience didn't think that way. So yeah. the most important thing is being earnest and genuine and saying, mm -hmm. I'm here to help people and I'll do the best I can. And, you know, if you do, people are more than willing to give you helpful advice because uh, they believe in you. And the, and the real goal of the speaker is to, is to I say, how do you grab an audience? And when the audience believes you are their champion, then you've connected with your audience. And that's my attitude. I am the audience's champion and I will do whatever I can to help them because you know what? Helping people never gets old. Yeah, exactly. Never does. Well, I honestly, that's everything I wanted to kind of touch on and talk to you about. And again, like I said, I've already, for me, taken away so much. And I mean, I recognize, I, I know what you're saying when it comes to confidence and, you know, researching and really understanding your audience before you go up there. That really does make a great speaker. And speakers are powerful. They're a very powerful thing to have at your event and can attract a lot of people. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I would just say the event planners uh, who are listening, uh, please feel free to contact me because I really believe down to my socks that I can help your event. Mm -hmm. And I will work with you to come up with a, a plan to help your event grow. And uh, it's exciting because uh, it's, it's, it's great to be part of a team as long as everybody, everybody's focused on the same goal. And there's just so many different topics that I speak on, not just public speaking, but um, leadership, uh, how to run a good meeting, uh, all, all those kinds of things. They all involve communication. And I've been in communication my whole life. I have a master's from the Newhouse School of Syracuse. And I've been in it really pretty much for several decades. Mm -hmm. It's an exciting thing to be part of a team. One of the, some of the best feelings I get is the conference is over, the event is over. And everybody's smiling because everybody felt like win. Both the attendees felt like they got something and the people running the show. And for event planners, they need help. It's a really difficult job. you got to juggle. Oh, my gosh, yes. Twelve balls in a row. And so my attitude is, be the, you know, so is, many hats. Is, as little trouble as possible. And one of the things I haven't mentioned is always put in writing what, what the expectations are. Okay, you hired me. This is what I'm going to do. This is what the expectations are. Oh, by the way. You provide the laptop and the cord and the screen and the audio speakers. All that is clear. I mean, I've gotten to events where, because I really rely on video clips and audio 
to mm-hmm. really add to my presentation and, and nothing was set up when I got there. Well, I got there an hour earlier, which I like to do. And the person running the thing was not the person who hired me for the event. She wasn't there that day. So I had it in writing. I said, this is what the expectations were. We agreed. And then, then she got somebody, some tech guy at, at the hotel to put it all together. But it was a good thing I had in writing yep. what the expectation was. So make sure the speaker, the, the presenter puts in writing what they're going to deliver. And you put in writing what your expectation is. Um, and like sometimes I get there and they, I, well, they say, well, how long you go? Well, go as long as you want. I said, no, 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 no. I'm fitting <laughs> in the plan here. I'm fitting in the plan. You tell me, you want me 15 minutes, you're going to get 15 minutes. You want yeah. me an hour and a half, you're going to get an hour and a half. I will do whatever helps you uh, fit into your plan because that's what you are as a presenter. You're a piece of the puzzle and you want that puzzle to sing. And that's what event planners will look, should look for, somebody who wants to help them. And if they're, and they, exactly. if they're not that willing to help, find somebody else. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Well, I appreciate everything you've added to this conversation. Again, I've learned a lot and I know it's going to help not just our event planners, but also speakers that might be listening to this podcast as well. And all of our conference and convention planners, because we have a lot of people that use us in that industry. So it's going to yeah, be helpful. Yeah, I, I got to be a salesman there. Markgrim.com's on the website. Yep. You put a link up there. But I also, oh, yeah. my book is like $15. It's a paperback. I wrote it just because I wanted to share my story with everyone else. And um, you really don't make money on a $15 book, but uh, it, it's a great outline of how you start from hiding in the men's room to uh, <laughs> professional speaker where people are willing to pay you a lot of money, which is kind of exciting. Yeah, uh, But it's only because they think they're getting the value in it. They don't throw the money away. They, they expect money. They expect something in return. And you have to be able to say what that return is. And uh, that's why this collaboration is so exciting. And it's really been wonderful with you today. Thank Uh, you. I appreciate your organization. I'm sure it has a a lot. You're a lot of help to event planners. Oh, yeah. Well, we've had our ups and downs these past few years. So we're finally um, starting to see, you know, finally having some steady, normal (laughs) events again. (laughs) So... Yeah, no, COVID is a, was a pain in the neck. I, yeah. you know, I'm an event speaker and they canceled all the events. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. not good. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah, no. So we're, we're coming back with a vengeance, all of us. Yes, we all are. So we're excited 